Again, Max is back. Max, say hi. Hi, hi, hi. Okay, good. Today, <laughs> we're talking about, I just called it snitch culture. Um, and you'll see what we mean. This is kind of all-encompassing. It just seems cool to um, expose people. And it's not even for good things. Just silly things. But we'll get into it. Max, how you doing? I'm doing well. Sorry for the hiatus. I was on vacation up in... Good old Wisconsin on Lake Michigan, and that was a uh, that was a good time, man. Got to ride a sea do, see the fam that I haven't seen in a while, hang out with my niece. So, good good times, man. Cool. How about you? What have you been up to, Lee? Um, I had a, a is it an uncle in law in town? Uh, hanging out with him last couple days. So, I tried to set something up last week with like either my brother or my sister to come on, but they didn't really want to do it. But yeah. Narcs. Yeah. So we're back. Um, and it's, I don't even know where to start. I, I hope you guys know what I'm talking about, but I guess I'll start with the Facebook thing that prompted all this, honestly. Um, I think Max, you saw it. And then later I saw articles about it. So it was, it's just a pop-up that comes up and says like, if you think someone, a friend, you know, is, exposed to or embracing extremist views please report them was that is that a good paraphrase <laughs> it was i would say it was even worse than that it was it was like along the lines of um if you feel that one of your friends is becoming an extremist uh. or it asks the question do you think someone on your facebook is becoming an extremist report them and it's a, uh, it's like it's a little pop up, what I understand that just show would show up on, from what I read, selective people's profiles. I don't know how they chose them, but I know it's real because one of my friends, actually in Kentucky, he posted that he got it. Um, and this guy, we've actually been trying to do a podcast with him, but he, I would say he's more. I hate to even use this word, but like not radical, but you know, he's more of a free, of a free thinker than most people I know. So I would imagine people who are friends with him would get the pop up to report him, but he got it to report whoever. I don't know. Hmm. So I don't know how the algorithm works. I haven't broken through the mainframe yet to dissect it, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it's odd. It's so strange. And then like, what what is our extremist views and i had to think about this kind of i'm sure they've changed the definition to incorporate everything that you know they don't want on their platform to be considered extremist but like what would what would you consider how would you define being an extremist i I mean that's that's difficult that is a difficult question because i mean you can be an extremist for anything you know you can be an extreme adrenaline junkie you know you can be an extreme you know right winger you can be an extreme left winger you i mean that see i think that's would you say that that is dangerous it it just it, it depends i mean that's i think that's the problem is they're not defining the word extremist. So again, going back to what I was saying, it's like if you're an extreme adrenaline junkie, yeah, it's not dangerous to others. Maybe it's dangerous to yourself if you're doing crazy stunts. But, but I think it, you know, the only reason, um, you should report a quote extremist is if it's, yeah, you know, hazardous to society, which then again, you could have a debate on that topic too. So, I mean, sticking to the, I guess, original sort of definition of what people, thought of an extremist i would argue and i don't know if this is correct but the word extremist almost kind of came about after 9-11 i would say so i don't know if you're in line with that thought but i don't really remember hearing extremist quote extremist until there was a terror attack on america and then that was sort of a buzzword that was 
in the same camp of terrorists. So, you know, if it's an extremist for a religion or something where they're willing to kill people or whatever, then yeah, that's definitely dangerous. But if you're just saying your political views are too extreme left or right, you know, you might not agree with them, but I don't know. I mean, it's just a smear. It's like a smear word. You can't apply that to, you you know what I mean? You have to look case by case to determine if someone is an extremist. I don't think you can just say, yeah, based on their, their Facebook posts, I think this person's becoming an extremist, which is another issue is they're saying, do you think they are becoming an extremist? It's not even asking for proof, but So I would thinking about this before the podcast. I think they're like the most basic definition I could come up with for an extremist is just basically having an idea, feeling so strongly about in an ideology that you're willing to be violent. Basically, that that's what I would call it. And yeah, I, I, and that and I would say yeah, that's not right. That that kind of extremism, I would be against extremists in that case but i feel like they've they've twisted now with like this this whole idea of like like words and thoughts being violent it's just that's i feel like that's the angle they're taking here right like if if somebody somebody let's say somebody thought like like the white race is the best race or something like that like now they would consider that to be like like an attack or violent against another race, even though it's just somebody thinking something or having a thought about it. But like, they're not, you know, going out trying to eliminate other races, you know, like Hitler or something. (laughs) It's just an idea. But, but now that has become one and the same, like somebody that is like, you know, I don't know. I don't know much about KKK, but like, I assume they went out and did bad stuff. Um, that you know that would be an extremist but just somebody holding kind of like that white supremacist view is like is not inherently dangerous but now they say it is yeah well and i think i don't know looking at the bigger picture and kind of going off what you're saying they you know there's there's the the term microaggression which in and of itself is so subjective you know what you could piss someone off just by saying something that doesn't even register in your head as aggressive. You know, you could just say like, Oh, uh, your shoes are whack. You know, why are you wearing Adidas (laughs) instead of Nike? And someone could say, Oh, it's a microaggression, you know, or just, I mean, I think even categorized under microaggression, I could be wrong, but I think even, you know, sort of, if you quote, like give someone the wrong look, you know, you raise an eyebrow at them, that could be considered it. So, you know, you know, I've heard people say, oh, so, you know, people discriminate against me because of X, Y, Z. And I've asked them, how do you know that they're discriminating? Because they're talking about strangers. And I'll ask them, how do you know they're discriminating against you? And they say, well, it's just the way they look at me. I can tell that they are thinking <laughs> thoughts about it. It's like, man, you're not a mind reader. And I think that sort of mentality was planted years and years ago of microaggression and People hate you because X, Y, Z, and you can tell just by the way they look at you. And now it's coming to fruition in the in in real ways where it's like you can report people. But I mean, just just like if you just just dissect that Facebook post, it's I mean, think about it. You're they're they're offering you an opportunity to snitch on someone based on what it literally says. Do you think they're becoming an extremist? So picking that apart, it's like. You're judging. First of all, they're asking you to judge people, which is just not right in general. You know, I mean, only God can judge. And at the end of the day, you know, even if you are to judge that person, chances are you haven't interacted with that person on Facebook for years and you're judging them based on what's behind the screen, you know, or and and, and then on top of that, what we were discussing, you know, it's based on your definition of extremists. So what there's just so much wrong with it. I think I don't know. I just don't know how people could look at that pop up and think, yeah, this is a really good thing. You know, <laughs> there's something to do. And that's, that's the other weird part. Uh, I guess one thing on Facebook, like I, I had this thought the other day where I feel like social media dehumanizes people by th- throwing labels at people and separating them into camps where like, but you know damn well 
like even people within my own family hold completely opposite views that I do, but I don't view them negatively. But, and I know that, and I, most people that I, I meet that hold different views are like that as well. There are people like you and me that have different ideas, but somehow like when you're not with that person, it's just the person's picture on the screen they just loot all of that humanity goes away and they're just you just feel that person as like this evil thing because they hold this belief and then like ah that's just kind of a shame no for sure and i would even say i'm probably guilty of doing that too although i try to keep it in check but you know i mean i've made i guess you could say controversial posts on my social media sometimes and I mean, I've just gotten berates of comments and I'll comment back. I'm not just going to sit back and let people talk shit on me. But, you know, I I see what you're saying, because it's this there's this sort of discourse that takes place that I don't think would would happen otherwise. You know, just some of the stuff that we'll say to each other. It's like if I was in person with you, would I have said X, Y, Z? And would you have said, you know, what you said? I would argue probably not, because you know, you got the facial expressions in person to be able to sort of convey the message better. You can use your hands to, you know, yeah, I mean, there's it's ways. Just, it's a real conversation. I feel like on social media posts, you you're doing it to impress other people, too, um, that can all see it. And then, like, they can come in and, and support you and are and you can gang up on people one way or the other and like even in like real life if i'm in a situation where there's like two of us that hold one belief and one person that doesn't i won't even bother having a debate because you know i don't want it to feel antagonistic i don't want it to feel hostile uh if i want to talk to somebody about something it's gonna be me and them one-on-one in private that way it's you know it's an honest conversation it's not you're not trying to impress people you're not trying to score points it's just hey this is what i believe why do you believe what you believe and then you know try and find common ground and whatnot but that does not happen on social media <laughs> right right and and it's like to some extent this whole idea of eh, actually i'm not even gonna go there but report i don't know just reporting people online is just i understand there's like this mentality of making it you know sort of i don't want to say safe space but for lack of better terms you know they're trying to make the online area and platforms into something where anyone can be on there and not really have to worry about junk coming through, you know, if they're just trying to use it for fun or something. But, um, I mean, it's just getting to a point where, you know, it's, it's turning into dictating what you can and can't say. And yeah. And that's the, (laughs) you, there's always that trade off of freedom versus, safety safety if you want it to be a safe pleasant place you have to have an insane amount of rules and regulations to make that happen um and that's like it i don't know and it's it's a utopian idea that you could make a social media place where everybody's nice like it's just it's never going to happen because humans are inherently evil so there's always going to be trolls out there so, but my biggest thing yeah, is just yeah. don't the phrase "don't feed the trolls." Like when people say nasty, negative, antagonistic stuff, you just ignore them, and they'll go away. They come back because you you give them attention, you give them interactions, all that stuff, and they yeah they, they feed off that. So if somebody is just out there to 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 argue with somebody, and they keep posting all these like nasty things, and nobody responds to that that'll be it <laughs> they'll move on yeah just put out put out the fire by ignoring it i guess i don't know if that's well, i wouldn't recommend it. that in the house but. <laughs> <laughs> but i mean so what i just said you know ignore a fire to put it out like in a figurative way could that be considered extremist i don't know <laughs> <laughs> anything can at this point i mean i, yeah, I think it's... obviously when it comes down to it extremist views means you don't hold the mainstream view that everybody wants that society at large wants you to have <laughs> that's an extremist view <laughs> so. right so so that's the thing is there's the definition of extremists that we kind of went over it's like if you hold a belief so firmly that you'll bring harm to people i think that's more accurate of an uh, extremist definition but yeah. then to your point there's sort of this kind of mob culture that forms opinions you know i mean with social media and everybody having a phone in their hand um 
you know, news is essentially the same thing. Everyone's reading the same things. And so if the majority of people who read that just take it for face value, the way I see it is these media companies can plant an opinion in your head that's not really your opinion, but it becomes your opinion. And then weeks, months, days down the line, they can take a, that opinion that they've already planted and then they can form a narrative around it and try to steer masses of people in one way or the other. And so if it goes a you know, contrary to that opinion, then I think any like everyone who falls under that opinion would consider the counter thought extremists, especially if yeah. while forming that opinion, the same media outlets are saying, you know, with another article, hey, if you don't believe this, you know, you're an extremist. Then every, right. you, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like you're priming the pump. And I think that's been going on for a while. And we're at a point where now they're trying to take action with what they've kind of set the grounds for. And it's um, it's creepy to me. So, And it's more effective than I thought. And that's why I wanted to talk about it because it's – oh, man. Um, it's just – crazy to me how how many people jumped on board with it and are okay with it are embracing this this snitch culture this cancel culture it's just so weird to me um yeah it's like you're always looking over your shoulder trying to make sure you're not saying something that'll offend people and again i get it you know i get the fact that they want society to be in harmony but i would argue this sort of approach is more divisive than unifying yeah and it's uh, it's it's author it's authoritarian like it's so weird it should just be you know all discourse should take place in the public realm and obviously the bad ideas will go away and hopefully and the good ideas will prevail but now it's some some greater power is saying no this is correct and you obey this and you're good and please expose everybody that doesn't believe this because they're wrong um and i guess i can segue that into like <laughs> thinking about tattletales when you're a kid um and my wife's like a uh was a preschool teacher so i kind of asked her i'm just like why why do kids tattle on each other and her, her two answers were either one that they were wronged and want the want the person to be held responsible for like whatever if they took their toy they're gonna go tell because they took their toy that's wrong and i want it back and then there's the goody two shoes tattletales where and she kind of said like i don't really know why they do it but they just tell on everything no matter what and i my, my thought was that those type of kids the goody two shoe kids they do it because they want praise from the authority figure so like the teacher or mom or whatever. Um, and then I was trying to think of, does that extend into adulthood for these people? And the people that are embracing snitching and cancel culture, they are doing it. I think they're doing it for the praise of the masses. That's the authority figure is the mob. And that's who they're trying to get praise from by calling people out and, and whatnot. Yeah, no, I, I would I would agree with that. Um, actually, I got like a little kind of, I guess, like personal analogy to go along with what you just said. As I mentioned in the beginning, I was in Wisconsin last uh, yeah last week um, and I got to, you know, my, my niece was there. She's five years old. OK, and great kid. I love her to death. But, you know, anytime I would tease her or if I even if I didn't tease her and she wanted me to do something or you know, we were just having banter back and forth. She, if I said something or did something that she didn't like, then she literally, she'd be like, I'm telling mom. And she'd go and tell my sister and be like, mom, Max, blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, <laughs> I, and so, so here's the thing that, you know, and I have to, tr I had to tread lightly with it. Cause I was like, I mean, I did tell her, I was like, I said, have you ever heard snitches get stitches? And she was like, what? <laughs> so here, here's, here's like the, the dilemma with that. It's like as authority figures to a child, you want, you do want them to warn you if something bad's happening. Yeah. You know, that it, it, there is a sort of safety precaution around, I guess, tattling as a kid. But 
and it's I think it's hard for kids to discern between when is it appropriate and when is it when should I just let it roll off my back, right? I mean, they don't I don't think they understand that concept. As a kid, you know, every it's kind of like I think in any kid's mind, it's like it's their world. They don't understand that there's other things out there. They don't understand that people are trying to just kind of go about like do their own thing and everyone's trying to work together. They, I think, just see it as like, this is where I'm living. This is my world. Everything is for me. And that's not, I'm not trying to bash little kids. I think it's just a developmental <laughs> thing and an evolutionary thing. You know, they need to be selfish in order to live, essentially. Um, and so it's like, you know, on one side of it, it's like I, I appreciated that my niece would be telling on me if it truly was something that put her in danger. But I'm not, I'm not putting her in danger. So the fact that she would tattle on me for everything, I... I was like, yo, you know, you kind of, <laughs> I'm not her dad, whatever. I'm just, but it's like, I wanted to almost sit down with her and be like, yo, there's some things that don't matter, but she's not going to understand that. So, but I mean, it would, it would cause, I mean, almost like arguments between me and my sister. Cause then she'd say, well, Max, what are you doing? And you, you know, then there was this whole thing of like, oh, who needs to apologize? And I'm like, no one needs to apologize. This is just silly. You know, I'm just messing with her and she's, and yeah, to your point, I think she did it. I think my niece did it as in a sort of playful way. She liked that it got my sister's attention and then it made yeah. me react. So she liked that. You know what I'm saying? It was, I don't, obviously I don't think she had any malicious intent like, Oh, I'm going to get Max in trouble. But right. she did say, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to tell on you if you, you know, are mean to me. And it's like, well, kind of to the whole point of like extremist thing. It's like, well, what is mean to you? Because I'm not intentionally being mean to you, but you're taking it in a way that's mean. So, yeah. uh, you know, I don't so, know. Yeah, so this is a good it's a good point. So, yeah, you're saying a as we grow up, we we learn where it's appropriate and where it's not. Um, I, I think at this point, you know, as an adult, it's basically if, if somebody's doing something that could harm themselves or others, it may be something that you would want to reach out to someone about and then all the silly stuff is like no that's like that's baby stuff at that point so and you had said uh, i had this written down where it's like normally parents will be like hey you know you don't need to be tattling about something like that like you would tell your kids that if they start tattling on something silly you would let them know no this is not an appropriate scenario to be doing that you're just being a tattletale but mm -hmm. if you extend that to our to adults and current society now it's as if mom is saying no you need to make sure that you tell me every little thing that happens so like so right. the authority figures want you to tattle so it makes it so the <laughs> the people that may have grown up and like okay i can now discern between when i should say something and not they're now being flooded in with the news and the media and society at large telling you no this 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 and that all need to be told because it's bad and they comply because they're I don't know, brainwashed or well, <laughs> whatever. No, I, I get what you're saying, but my question is where, where and what is the incentive for them to tell? I mean, if I got that Facebook post pop up, I would just click out of it, you know, and just be like, this is ridiculous. But the fact that I'm sure there's probably a lot of people that have reported, I, I mean, I'm not sure, but I would imagine, I mean, what's their incentive? It's not like they're getting money. Yeah. They're not... So thinking about it more, so my, my wife had suggested um, that it's fear-based. And if, at I first agree. I'm like, hmm, all right, I'll have to think about that. So yeah, it, it's not that um, if you come out and let's say you have vague, <laughs> vague clues that somebody might harbor racist thoughts. And you expose that, you deflect everything away from yourself, and you're now safe because you've exposed somebody, right? So then, then you're like in with the crowd now. <laughs> like mm. I can't, I can't be racist because I've exposed somebody that is, so I'm safe. Like it's just this fear, oh, I see. Th this fear of if I don't want to be called out on something, I need to beat everyone to the punch by calling somebody else out first. So it, it's uh, so I think it's either that fear based. And that, that kind of ties in with kind of wanting to fit in too versus just um, it, just the some people like get a kick out of it. Like they get a rush out of it's like 
it's like an ego stroke or something like it just makes them feel good about themselves that they conquered evil even though it's in most cases not <laughs> you know it, somehow it makes them feel good yeah. about themselves for tattling uh, yeah i would even take it a step further and say i agree with everything you're saying but sort of off that fear-based thing again i mean i think it comes down to media and really um if they're spinning a narrative of hey look how bad our country is getting under this certain premise you should report it so that it doesn't foment and turn into something awful a lot of the times that it's not as bad as the media is saying and so i think if if they're telling people hey it's getting really bad whatever the thing is you know this situation is getting really bad you should report any notion that you see of it i think it's also just fear-based and as far as i agree that people are fear you know do it out of like deflection out of fear but I think also they some people are just convinced that there's a, something yeah. going on in this country that's really bad and they have to report it so that it doesn't get worse. But That's fair, yeah. But, so if somebody really so, did think, if someone truly deep down believed everything that the news put out, that racism is everywhere and this kind of thing, that yeah, I guess it would make sense that you would you would try and you know root it out. Like I guess that makes sense if they truly believe it. And then I guess but it's the a question of how is, many is people everyone... really do or, or how many people are just Exactly. That's the problem, though, is nobody, it's hard to you tell. know, people people just they'll Google something and the first thing they see is their becomes, what I was saying earlier, their opinion, their reality. And it's they don't dig any deeper. So I think, you know, and I was having this discussion with someone. I, I do a volleyball, a beer league volleyball every Friday. Actually, we just had our last game this Friday. But um, I was talking to someone there. She's actually a teacher as well. And I just said, you know, I don't think anyone asks why anymore. They just yeah. ask how, what, where. There's never a follow-up why. And she said, yeah, no, I teach my kids in class to ask why and dig deeper. You know, Google usually is right. You know, the first thing you see on Google is generally correct, but it's not always. And it's also maybe like half correct. So you have to ask why in order to get to the to the bottom of things. And I think just with technology and expedient information, that question of why has just gone out the window. Um, and I think it sort of let has helped lead to this whole, you know, reporting on extremism and, and blah, 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 because it's almost like no yeah, one asks, why are you right. saying that? Why do you think that? Like, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? They've almost like that's become the extremist view is just that anyone that asks why is an extremist yeah that that might be what they're trying to you know that might be what is considered extremist it's like questioning do you ask why yeah yeah extremist. or just questioning the narrative that everyone seems to agree with and what blows my mind is you know century after century people are wrong i mean we're we're flawed you know leaders are wrong everyday people are wrong it's not I, so i don't know why it's so hard to understand for some people, you know, what I'm being told might not be accurate or, you know, what, what, is there a deeper meaning to this? Is there, a, is there some sort of, uh, uh, you know, some sort of thing that's being pushed from this narrative that, that isn't necessarily going to benefit me, but it'll benefit the person who's telling me to act this way. So I, I don't understand why that for some people, they don't really think about that i don't think they even really care to be honest um it all comes down to conformity and i was i was having a discussion with my neighbor the other day i was just sitting on the porch with him an older fellow but um he was saying you know with all this stuff you know happening from covid and political rifts um he said there's no there's no more unity there's only uniformity yeah i thought that was a really good point um, i'd never heard that and i was like man that's so true you know people aren't necessarily trying to work together and they're not asking why do you think this why and trying to grow with their own knowledge they're just saying this is what it is if you don't unif you know conform to this and you're not uniform with our thoughts and beliefs that we didn't even come up with then like you're out of the group yeah and and that i think is another piece of the puzzle that's leading to this whole sort of snitch society and people accepting tattling on others it's like it's it's so sad honestly yeah i don't know how to combat it really other than like if you're in conversations with people and somebody's like clearly trying to like 
snitch on somebody or, you know, expose that somebody might hold views that society thinks is bad. That really, like, just as people, we can just be like, dude, what, what are you doing? Like, stop. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I think I the only way doing, to really... <laughs> Yeah, I think the only way to really combat it, and this is talking from a you know real time perspective. I'm not so much saying between, behind a screen because that's a little more difficult. But to combat it, if you're in person with someone having dialogue, I, I mean, I think just keep it like level head. Talk to them out of love, not out of spite and hate. You know, you gotta just you know take a stand for yourself, but don't be rude and don't. Don't be, you know, mean about it. Yeah, you're probably gonna offend them with some of the stuff you say, but if you keep a even keel head, you know, stay cool about it and just try to help them see what you're saying and discuss the why of things, then I think that could probably help society out. But it, then it's then it's also, I mean, it's a two it's it's a two way street. The person who's re who's receiving what you're saying will have to be there for the right reasons and trying to understand what you're trying to get at. And, you know, it's difficult. It's not easy, but I think if you just keep an even keel head and try to talk out of love rather than spite, yeah. um, and if they reciprocate well, then, you know, I think it's really the only way to go about it. Yeah. But it's difficult to, to do virtually. Yeah. Yeah. Go you got to, yeah, you come in from an honest front, level head, cool, calm, cool. Really, you just kind of keep asking questions just to get to the root of like wh why they believe what they believe. And if it's like if there's it's very flawed, like it, they won't be able to answer them. It'll come crumbling down, and either that'll be a, an eye-opening experience for them, or um, they'll just get upset. And then that you also have to be willing to just you know stop. <laughs> disengage right, right. disengage when it gets you know like that because it's Too not heated. it's not gonna help it's not gonna help in any way uh when mm -hmm. somebody starts to get angry that's when you just have to that's especially important like with friends and family that like i try to exercise as soon as i see that it's getting you know <laughs> um what's the word just heated then it's like okay guys we're done we're done let's uh keep playing this game or eat dinner or whatever just Stop. right like, it's not gonna be good <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i've even just with people like i said i'll i haven't done it in a while and I've, I've and it's on purpose i haven't posted i guess controversial things in a while but there's people who you know on my social media who i've I, you know i've met before but i don't necessarily know them and they'll comment on my stuff and i almost have half a mind to like call them on whatever media platform it is like facebook or something just to discuss it with them and because because again it's like if, when it's words going back and forth behind a screen you don't really get anywhere i think that just harvests and fosters an atmosphere and environment where it is just purely combative it's not actually trying to understand each other so in that sense i almost have half a mind i haven't done it admittedly but i've had half a mind to call them and just be like dude this is like what i'm trying to say you know i'm not trying to offend you i'm not trying to pick a fight but like this is where i'm coming from you know, do you understand this? And, and like, if I'm, if you think I'm totally off, like, tell me what, what I'm saying that you think is wrong, you know? And, you know, cause you know, looking at things from a half full, you know, glass half full perspective, this sort of, you know, reporting and stuff could hopefully lead to a more open dialogue where people are, are more willing to explain themselves and have, you know, talks with people so that they don't get reported or something like that. But I think that's a far, far ways away i don't think people really want to necessarily discuss things so yeah that, that yeah <laughs> yeah social media is not going to be the they're not going to want to promote that type of discussion happening um yeah and then the hard part is like it seems to be there's like two groups there's like the groups that are like yeah let's talk about it um, seems to be more on the on the right side, and then left seems to be more like 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 uh, if I even entertain or even listen to your ideas, then I'm giving it you know credibility. It's like whoa, okay. <laughs> I uh, that's that's a difficult po point because I've had conversations with, and I hate I really do. I, I know people say this all the time. But I really do hate like putting titles on this sort of thing because 
I think that automatically drive draws a line and makes it like a combative situation. Yeah. But I have talked to people that are far on the left and they are willing to listen. Like I've sat down with them, you know, coworkers of mine or uh, just friends that are like more way more left than me. But um, so, I mean, they're willing to listen. I've had I have had civil conversations, but the, yeah, maybe I it's. Think, uh, yeah. OK, so that's that's I, I good think the to problem hear behind the screen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's where it's like it's the most difficult. But if this sort of. Yeah, when you meet them one on one in is, person, it's a whole different ballgame. It really from, is. From, yeah. But but the problem is, is that this whole snitch society mentality is being fostered online not in person it's not like they're saying go talk to your neighbor figure out what they think and then if if they're dangerous you know after assessing the situation report them they're just saying hey is someone on facebook do you think that there might be coming extremists it's like that's where this whole plat like um culture is starting from and and i think that's the real real problem so I don't know. I don't know. That's a good point. You know, when I, when I draw and maybe when I'm drawing my conclusions about, you know, the left seems less likely to talk than the right, that is coming from a, just staring at social media. So maybe that is the mistake. Yeah. That, I think that's the front that's put up, but in reality, one-on-one and honestly, in my experience, I can talk to anybody. And I, I've not had any conversations shutting down. Like, it's just, yeah, they'll talk. <laughs> now, it does, yeah. it does get, it can, like I said, it can get almost morph into a social media style conversation when there's, like, either too many people or an odd number of people on one side in a conversation. Then it can get, you know, a little messy. <laughs> but one-on-one, no. I, I've only had good conversations. Because there's there's nothing like there's no one else there. Like you're not trying to score points. You're not trying to impress anybody. It's just it's just you. There's nothing to gain from being an asshole. <laughs> so you can actually yeah. have a real conversation with somebody. So right, right. I think the the biggest thing with this that's that's sort of like concerning to me is okay. Let's let's take like a an example. For, like let's take like a situation for example. If you are at your house and there's just let's say like you know someone walking around your neighborhood and and you see them pass by a couple times maybe they're just on a stroll but you don't really recognize the person if you call the cops and you say hey there's someone who i've never seen in my neighborhood and they keep walking past my house every you know 20 minutes or so uh i want to report them please come to my house you know detain them whatever the cops aren't going to take you seriously you know they're going to assess the threat level and say well what have they approached your door are they you know coming up to your window and looking in your house what are they doing and you tell them no they're just walking around the neighborhood they're gonna say you know pound sand dude like we don't have time for that that's that's there's the threat is low right um but then obviously someone's breaking into your house and you call the cops they're gonna come to your house and try and rescue you so it's like why you know where i kind of forgot my point here but it's like it's like if you're just reporting people to report them, what, you know, what's the threat level, you know? I, and I don't think that question's being asked. It's like if if it truly is something that should be reported, then yeah, report it. But but if it's just something silly and there's no real basis for for a concern, then like it's like, dude, go get a job. Like you're not doing anything with your time, you know? I, I, it, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, does that does that make sense? You know, it's like you're going to you can't just off of a off of a thought report something and and feel threatened. There has to actually be a situation that's threatening, you know? Yeah. Trying to think of like that's the yeah. But then like what we were saying is like that. (laughs) They're trying to uh, the media is trying to tell you all these things are in that dangerous category now. And it sucks. Oh, right, right. So I remember I was going to say what since you, you, you just reminded me. So I think in doing what you just said, you know, just saying, hey, everything could be a threat reported. It, it's almost I guess if you want to get conspiratorial with this and I just thought of like, oh, like they're almost idea. trying to circumvent the uh, the judicial process. And I'm not saying, you know, particularly in court, but they, it could lead to that. But what I'm saying is they're, they're not giving 
opportunities for someone to make a defense for themselves. They're just, they're saying you have the right of judgment. Um, if you feel threatened, then it is a threat instead of saying like, Oh, okay. I mean, you know, let us know what it is. If, if you, if it's like, you know, we'll assess the situation. It's not, that's not what the mentality is turning into. It's just like, if you think it's a threat, it's a threat. And that's not, I don't think that's right because that's allowing everyone to just use their own judgment, which again, I don't think people should be judging in the first place, but you know, it's also like, it it just circumvents the whole, I guess, like judicial and like, um, due process sort of thing, you know, And, and it feeds into the whole mob mentality, um, that, who was it Plato warned about? I can't remember if it was Plato or Aristotle. I think it was Plato when asked, you know, what do you think the most dangerous form of governing is? His response was democracy because it leads to mob rule. Yeah. And I don't think we've seen that foment until recent years. It used to just be, you know, everyone's got their own opinions. They vote the way they vote. They, you know, run their own business. They do their own thing. Um, and that's what democracy was, but now I think the powers that be have kind of, maybe they read Plato, I don't know, but they're like, (laughs) they saw the power in mob mentality and they saw that it could get them to, 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 you know, a higher status and more power. And so I think they're latching onto that, you know, whoever the powers that be are, if it's, you know, Facebook or the government, whatever, I think they, that's the creepy part is it seems like it's not government. Like it's, it's like big tech and social media has taken over society and they have such control that they don't need to pass super authoritarian laws that say holding all these beliefs are wrong and should be punished. They just, just, they can manipulate their platform so that they can say, this is the acceptable beliefs to hold. And if not, Hey mob, go get them. Right. They, they've, They've created their own like world now because everybody's on social media. Our whole world is driven by it that they can just ignore. It doesn't even matter what laws the government passes. They can, they can just use the masses and use mob rule where people can just out people, get them canceled. People can lose their job. All of this out of fear of the mob. It's not fear of the government. <laughs> Well, that's kind that's, of scary. I, I would agree, but I would say they work hand in hand. I think the government's utilizing. Helping, yeah, the government is utilizing them as a tool. So I would say that behind everything, it probably is the government pushing this sort of thing. But then it comes out into reality as, you yeah, know, it's, it's Facebook the, and social yeah. media. But, you know, it's like you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. You know, right. you give me a handy, I'll give you a handy. And and it's like. I think that's probably more accurate. Um, yeah. I mean, you see, you know, you got Zuckerberg and and Gates and all these people. They're in the government's like the spotlight is provided by the government. And in fact, they go, you know, into Congress to draft laws and stuff um, with these big tech companies. It's not like the government just comes up with the stuff on their own. They quote, you know, look to the experts. But really, if you're if you're skeptical of that whole setting it's easy to understand like yes they're drafting laws that are supposed to be best for like the platforms but in all reality you know they're asking each other's favors like facebook probably wouldn't have put out that extremist thing you know post if, if the government didn't ask them i i would bet but then you know and since they probably don't necessarily want to do that they're probably asking the government well okay if you're gonna want us to use our tools and our platform to do that then you have to you know give us you know, money or you have to, whatever it is, you know, give us tax breaks, you know, let us help draft laws that concern us. You know, we're going to see stuff into this bill that benefits us and makes us a stronger monopoly. You know, I mean this whole, if you ask me, you know, there's not, there hasn't been really a real antitrust movement in quite some time. And I think Facebook and Google and all these companies are concerned about that. And so they're probably getting, an easy out from that by helping the government i would think you know i don't know yeah there's just an unholy union between big tech and government and i i think yeah it's 
Because Facebook, they want money, right? So they're going to get that. And the government could say, we can help you get money, but, you know, we can't pass laws banning conservatism or something like that. We, we can't pass laws that outlaw the ideas we don't want. But you have almost complete control and influence over the masses. So if you start doing it, say it's you, we'll support you on our end. Maybe we'll do some show hearings here and there, but ultimately you'll be good and you'll get money. And then, yes, <laughs> that's it's all psychological. I mean, and it's, you know, did you before I forget the. So it's come out in the past few days. I, I guess Saki admitted it. Yeah, but essentially, I yep. yeah, the saying. If correct me if I got it wrong, but it's something where they've said this is the information we want out there on vaccines because this is our end goal, and and they and they basically said we work with Facebook to make sure they make that happen. And they've, they've right. come out and I, said it now. So, I mean, it's like, okay, well, we knew that. <laughs> yeah, no, I saw that article too. Yeah, I thought that was messed up. And, you know, again, going down the conspiratorial uh, route, I think all of this stuff has been in the making for maybe even centuries. I mean, going back to MK Ultra at least, um, once they realized how powerful it is to harvest the utility of mass media and broadcasting i think the powers that be understood you know we want to take this tool and direct it in a way that will benefit our motives and gain us power and so it's all psychological all those mk ultra experiments there they were all like how do we use this stuff to affect people's thoughts opinions and minds and we're at a point where that's come you know it's become a very accessible route for them because everyone's got a phone in their hand and everyone can read the same media so it's like i think we're at a point we've been at a point where that's that's kind of what's going on yeah and i think they've hmm it's interesting because when you look back in uh, any part of like the the 20th century in the early stages of it um Basically, everybody everybody watched the news, and they all watched the same news for the most part. So there was harmony, right? <laughs> Everybody's going to believe and then what the, the fire man on the TV said. <laughs> yeah. And then I don't know if it's um, either just the just new technology coming about, um, or because even like when conspiracies like the like the OG conspiracies i think like like 911 was kind of like the the big like one that really got people into it back in the day um question, people started questioning what was on tv for the first time like for real uh, and maybe I, we have to talk to somebody older back in the day if there was different channels that had different you know opinions because like now granted it may be fake uh, fake differences but like cnn and fox news are like totally different like reporting different things one's on one side one's on the other that's kind of a new thing i feel like um yeah uh, it's i think we talked about this when tom was on last time but it's just it's amazing how well the government has been able to keep up with advancing technology and being able to keep information under control. Um, it's pretty yeah, Tom brought, Tom brought that up and he, I, I don't know all the stuff he's read and I'm not sure like how, like what I, I don't, he seems well informed with this sort of thing. I, I would be curious to know more honestly from him, but it seems like he's of the opinion that this um, mass like control of, of opinion has been in the works from what he was saying for hundreds and hundreds of years. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like he was saying even going back to pharaohs, you know, in Egypt, which makes sense to me because at the time I can imagine at least, I don't know if this is how it went, but I could imagine, you know, during serfdom or during, you know, Egypt having slaves, whatever, it was probably the pharaoh or the landlord, whoever probably had a podium that they set up for themselves and everyone would hear, oh, hey, there's a town hall meeting at, at you know, two o'clock, be there. Everyone goes there. They're hearing the pharaoh or the landlord speak. 
or the king, whatever, they're speaking on behalf of their own motives. But it's since it's someone who controls, you know, resources and, um, you know, governance and and ultimately, a, you know, opinion, then they're, you know, people are listening to what they're saying. At, and they were essentially the media at the time. So maybe it was more localized, but there were still motives that were being um, propagated through whoever the through the leader and what they were saying and you can imagine it doesn't take much of brains to figure this out whatever that you know quote leader is saying and trying to form an opinion of it's not for the betterment of everyone else it's mostly for the betterment of them you know so yeah it's you know i I think this whole thing has just I, i think you know people have understood forever the importance of controlling information but I think it's just now it's it's how, how do I say this? It's just we're at a point where the flow of information is is just as critical as it ever has been. But it's a lot more easy to, you know, tweak the channel of information and and collude in, in a sort of way what information gets leaked. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I just think we're at a point where everybody like I said, everybody's got a cell phone, even like homeless people even have you know, cell phones. So it's like, if everybody's got a cell phone, everybody's got access to the internet, everybody can go to, you know, a Wi-Fi hotspot, then essentially, you know, if, if, if you're a Murdoch of media and you own every, every outlet, then whatever, you know, then it's like a single point that people have to come up to and say, Hey, this is the agenda. This is what we want you to push. And they're like, okay, well, I've got these thousands of channels that are hooked up to Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram. So, yeah, just tell me what you want me to leak and I'll leak that information. And then in, you know, in the meantime, you just protect my company, give me tax breaks, uh, make sure I'm thriving and, and I'll, I'll do your bidding. That's, that seems to be kind of the, the, uh, way of the events fall. Someone calling you. <laughs> Sounds like somebody has no. been trying to reach you, man. I don't know if, no, <laughs> if you noticed, but uh, our company has like an automated message that goes out that tells you to fill out your COVID survey. Just to say, do you have COVID? Have you had it? Okay. Hey, perfect timing for the Every weekend. Man. Oh, I'm going to have to block that number. <clears throat> but yeah. Well, that's, and I don't know if you had something to say or jump off of it. I guess we, I could go into something that I mentioned in another podcast. It kind of falls in line with what you just said. But if you've got something to add, go for it. I think I just wanted to add to like, it just kind of to, if you're, if you're a snitch, you don't have to admit it to us. That's fine. But if you're the type that is wanting to expose people and cancel people and snitch on people, just know you're you're just being used. Like you're just a pawn. Like <laughs> you're you're doing the work for them. And I think that's the goal: is that Facebook doesn't need to enforce it when they can get their minions to enforce <laughs> what needs to happen for them. And that's you're being used for that regard. Like so. Right. And look, they're, they're a business, so they're going to try and find the cheapest route and. That would be to, you know, get people to snitch on each other if that's what the government's asking Facebook to do. Then, you know, they're just like like Lee said, they're using you to do that work for them. You're not even getting paid. So maybe ask him for a little paycheck. Go to Zuck and ask him, hey, man, I snitched on five people this month. Can you give me a yeah. <laughs> give me some money? <laughs> Can improve your social credit score in the future. Right. And yeah. <laughs> So, so I don't know, kind of going off of everything we've said, you know, this whole snitch society and how it's being kind of fostered, uh, that sort of culture is being fostered by the social media and government. Um, you know, people might think like, oh, you guys are nuts for talking about this. You're crazy. But I mean, there are real life examples that I can think of that I've seen just recently. Um, and I mentioned this, I think, you know, a few weeks ago in our podcast where at my company, um, pretty big company, they, they basically, our manager, you know, we had a staff meeting and he told us, Hey, uh, you know, there's basically this survey you can take in your like work life thing. It's where we put all our information. It's our profile essentially for managers to look at or whatever. Um, you know, you can post your achievements or whatever. Um, essentially, you know, he said, okay, there's a survey in that work life thing. You can go in there and you can basically sign away saying that you've gotten the vaccine and, um, and, you know, if you do that, then then under that condition of you saying that you got the vaccine and showing proof, then you don't have to wear a mask when we return to the office. 
and um, you know you can just kind of live like freely in the office. But that freedom comes with a price, and it's from what I understand, if you are, if you do sign away that disclosure, then you're essentially granting the company full access to all your medical records. And, and I don't know if there's even like a time expiration on it. So that's just one thing. But the, the the bigger thing that's more related to what I'm talking about, you know, what we're talking about here today with Snitch Society is that um, our manager told us if you elect not to sign off on that information, you cannot wear a mask. Or I mean, you, you cannot enter the building without a mask. And all day you have to wear a mask. And he went a step further and said, you know, if someone in the like he said if you see someone in the office not wearing a mask and you believe that they have not gotten the vaccine you're supposed to tell management and basically tree it up report it and say and i would say snitch on that person and say hey so and so's not wearing a mask i don't think that they got the vaccine and then the the manager can go into your profile and see whether you elected to give up that information or not. So even if you had the vaccine and you just decided, I don't want them to have access to my medical records, if you didn't sign that document just for the purpose of not disclosing your medical records, he, you know, the manager can look into that, see that you didn't sign away that information and come up to your desk and literally say, you have to wear a mask. I, I see that you, you didn't disclose the information. So like you're not permitted to be in this building without a mask. And I just, again, I mean, it, it seems to be playing into this whole snitch society thing. It's like, tell on your neighbor if you don't. And again, it's off of a notion. It's like, if you don't think they got yeah. the vaccine, then tell on them. It's 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 like the same thing that's going on. With Facebook. So it's just, it's odd to me that, you know, I'm working with a big company and then you got Facebook, which is a very large company and reaches the masses. And both of them have the same opinion of like, if you think this, then you can report it. So it's, I think it's bigger than just, oh, we're trying to weed out the extremists or we're trying to, you know, keep the office safe from unvaccinated people. I think it's more going down this path of tell on people if you don't agree with them. And I don't know what the larger play is, if that's the case. I don't know how that necessarily benefits, like, the government, but it's surely, I can't imagine... It, it surely does not benefit the little guy and the people. So it just causes rifts, divisions, and disputes. So, and I've always kind of, um, I don't want to sound like it's a conspiracy nut, but like it seems like the the powers that be want to move towards a more socialist slash communist style of government. And I think when we were talking about like the Uyghurs, it's just you have to you have to weed out. Everybody has to be of one mind for to even begin to be successful in that type of government. So I think it's they're just trying to get just every, everybody everybody thinking the same. That's all they're trying to do. Um, that's it. <laughs> And yeah. they're, they're they're almost kind of painting this picture like we know what's correct. This is what everyone should believe, and you should think that everyone should believe that. So make sure to help us achieve this goal. You have to rat out everybody that doesn't follow suit, because they're just going to they're going to ruin everything. They're the problem. So I, I think it's something like that. If I was yeah you know, new new world order leader or whatever. <laughs> well, yeah, and I mean the the structure of communist and socialism, like. It sounds fuzzy and it sounds, you know, you know, warm and fuzzy and it sounds like flowery. But end of the day, it is the most accurate way for one or two people. I'm talking figuratively, but just a small group of people to have mass power, mass control. And going back to what we talked about a few weeks ago, it's like everybody wants power. Everybody wants control. You know, no one's unique in that in that sense i think everybody if they could control the world they probably they probably would want to and i'm not you know maybe not everybody but most people they want that power so if you look at it from a more, sort of like a maniacal viewpoint and you don't trust the government then it's like yeah the that sort of governing is best for them but it's not the best for us because then they have full control full autonomy you know full reign over resources and they can do whatever they want with it so 
I think people just need to tread lightly because I've seen a lot of people, man, they that I've talked to, they support communism and, and they think capitalism is like just done people so dirty. It's like, man, well, then why does a capitalist society have the most billionaires? And I'm not defending billionaires. I do think there's some there's problems with billionaires like they need to give more. But that's a whole other topic. But, you know, why has this nation made people so rich? It's because they ha- they have autonomy. And they have control over their own destiny to an ex, you know to more of an extent than most other countries have. So to demonize capitalism, it's like I'm sorry, but a lot of the failures is on the individual. It's not necessarily on the structure. Yeah, and it, it almost seems if uh, like now it seems like you know Zuckerberg, for example, may have been like hey like this country is i can i can get rich if i want if i just work hard and he got to that point but then comes the now how do i keep this and that's when now Mm -hmm. i think that they're in bed with government is that they're using government to to keep them in power even though they they shouldn't be there like like through the natural course you know facebook will come down eventually but they're they're grasping and they're able to extend that by getting in bed with government. So it's that's really when people get mad about giant corporations like Amazon and Facebook and stuff like that is it's not capitalism. It's that's kind of how they got their initial like money in power. But the the way that the reason they're staying there is not because of it. It's because of just their what they're doing with the government. And I think people need to realize that. Well, and I'm really more skeptical than that. I know I've voiced this before. I, I would really, again, I, and I have not researched it, but I think all these projects like Facebook and Amazon, I really don't think they were like a grassroots thing that yeah. Zuckerberg <laughs> and and uh, Bezos formulated on their own. I really think that maybe they did have some company but that started as something small and the government realized, oh, wow, they've got this network that we can use in this way. So we're going to go to them, transform their whole business on our accord as the government and make it look like it was a it's a thriving company that this dude just built out of nothing. Um, I mean, it could even be the case where like Zuckerberg is and I'm not I'm not saying he is, but it could be the case that he's like a CIA agent and he's never really even been a businessman. He's just the front man for Facebook to make it look like it's like a business and a company for us. But really it's just like a tool that the government's had cooking for years. Now they're at a place where they can roll it out and, and utilize it against us. So yeah, I don't know. That's if you go that route, you can almost say like what they've created is social socialism under the, the guise of capitalism where it's like Facebook, Amazon, they're state owned. But they right. don't look like they are because it's like, no, I'm Jeff Bezos. I own this. Like, I'm just a regular guy like you guys who got rich. But really, it's like, no, government created this guy and created this company to take everything from everybody, which is what they want because they have control over that now. Um, and then if people get mad, we can just say, oh, it's that darn capitalism. See, look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. You can know. point the finger at like a false notion. It's I mean, a false flag. And a couple things off of that, like, uh, I mean, first of all, they say all technology that has hit the consumer market started as a government project, like cell phones, yeah. GPS, um, pro- you know, all, I can't name anymore, but <laughs> laptops, all that stuff, computers, you know, it all started as a government, uti- like, project that they were building for defense and stuff. And then the way I understand it is the government sinks a, just a shit ton of money into developing this stuff. And they're not really necessarily making money off of it because they're using it for their own, like, whatever, you know, they're using it to protect the country or gain power, whatever, but they're not making money off of it. So to my understanding of how things work, then they say, okay, well, we've developed like this Uber technology. Now let's kind of like dumb it down, make it powerful, but not as powerful and then sell it to the consumer so that we can recoup our R&D. I really think that's how it goes. And so and and so like just you with that in mind, just trying to think kind of like, I guess, logically here. I don't know if people consider this logical, but just using that kind of framework, um, you know, Facebook started as an app 
to just rate how hot a girl is. Okay, so the government could have maybe seen like, oh, they've got this these like networks of communication built in. We have this other piece of technology to like track people or whatever it is that Facebook does. And they're like, well, we could just like link it onto this Facebook application and then it'll become, you know, something completely different. I, I don't know if I'm making sense, but it's like, dude, it started as an app to just rate how hot women are. And that's that was it. And now it's turned into this social media platform where people can talk, share news, um, you know, connect with people. Buy stuff, sell and, stuff, almost everything. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's crazy. So if the government had that project cooking and then they saw like, oh, here's this dude. Zuckerberg is a small application. I think he went to Harvard. Am I correct in that? I don't know. But he went to an elite school where they have ties to the government. I, I People will say that's crazy, but it's very obvious to me. Like all these government families go to those schools. So they have the connection. It would be easy to identify Zuckerberg and be like, hey, he's kind of on the in crowd. Let's use his application to like attach what we've been building as the government and make it look like something else. I, I don't know. I'm kind of going yeah. down a hole here, but I think I put my got my point across. So that's uh takes us to an hour, probably good enough for an episode. And that's snitch. I culture. agree. Terrible. Awful. Snitches Don't get be a stitches. Part of it. Yeah, they do. So keep that in mind. Uh dybpodcast at gmail.com with any suggestions for topics, questions, comments, you want to yell at us, whatever. We'll read it and we'll we'll, we'll respond to it. For now, there's not <laughs> enough that it overwhelms us, you know. If that happens, we'll we'll just hire people to uh to help with that but yeah um yeah i don't know what our next topic will be but it'll be next week so you know until then Peace.